you're tuned in to Shake, Rattle, and Goal, the official podcast of your Springfield Thunderbirds. Osmanski, a one-timer deflected side of the goal, Alexandrov scores! Hosted by Matt Baker and Steve Forney, a show that's everything Springfield hockey, with interviews including players, coaches, and staff. The Springfield Indians repeat as the Calder Cup champions. Listen to this podcast on all major streaming platforms and wherever you download podcasts. In his first year at the helm, Kevin McDonald and Drew Manister have the team in the Calder Cup Finals. Watch the podcast on the official Shake, Rattle, and Goal YouTube page at SRG Podcast. And now, here are your hosts, Matt Baker and Steve Forney. And this episode number 13 of the Shake, Rattle, and Goal podcast is proudly brought to you by our friends at White Lion Brewing in Town Square in downtown Springfield and their new location in Amherst. White Lion Brewing is your go-to pregame spot for all Thunderbirds games. Alongside Matt Baker, I am Steve Forney. I noticed uh, the White Lion Amherst location now has the Thunderbirds third jersey hung up on the wall, which I thought was great. Even in Amherst, they're getting that kind of love. I don't know about you, Matt. I love that jersey, that third jersey. It's sharp. It's awesome. It's sharp. I mean, it, it, it pops everything. And, and I remember when they released it last year, um, you know, their social media outlets, you know, explained all of the detail in there. And it, it's just, it's, it's sharp. I love it. I, yeah. it, it absolutely, it, like I said, the colors pop, the meaning it's, it's, it's nice. Yeah. It's it sweet. So a uh, big thank you to our friends at white lion. Um, only two games this week to sort of talk about, uh, both against Wilkesbury and uh, sort of a a a roller coaster, a wave of emotions, um, based on the way that that game ended in Springfield, and then just what I thought was a gutsy gutsy win on Saturday night in Wilkesbury. Mm-hmm. Uh, just I, I guess I think sort of what you're looking for from a team, just generic. When we talk generically overall, you know, you have a night like Friday night to come back Saturday night and really gutted out to get a, mm-hmm. an overtime win, I think was, was good to see. Yeah. I mean, we, we previewed these two games and, and I, I really thought these were two winnable games. I mean, when you have back to back home and homes and you both, both games go into overtime, um, you know, they're two evenly matched teams and they are, um, I, I believe, you know, Ryan Smith even alluded to this in Friday night's, um, broadcast, I think this this is now I think eight and nine times that these two teams have gone into overtime over the last two years or three years. I forget exactly what he said, but a lot, yeah, <laughs> a lot of overtime games. And and you know, anytime if I just told you, hey, we got three points this weekend, I'll take it. You know, two games over the weekend, you get three points. I'm okay with that. There's a little bit of a a bitter sour taste the way Friday night ended. But just as Friday night ended, you know, Saturday night is the complete opposite. And, you know, I, I will get into it. But I, I just think this the Saturday night game highlights their resilience, their grit, their toughness. Mentally, they're, they're in the game. You're right. Like they're not checking out. They all want to be there. And uh, I think it was a good team win Saturday. Yeah, uh, I'm very much well-needed win. I mean, if they lost that game in overtime, that, that, that would have been bad. So yeah, that would have been a, yeah, would have been a real kick in the pants. And you know, when we look at the standings, I don't think it's too early now. We're, we're 
practically a quarter of the way into the season. Um, you know, Springfield sits in fourth. Providence uh, is in third, but they've played one. They have one more point than Springfield, but they've also played one more game. Mm-hmm. They started off the season uh, in pretty tough shape and have really played well the last uh, the last couple of weekends. So you know, yep. Hershey's Hershey's in first and eighteen and four. I mean, boy, did uh, our buddy Patrick Williams call that one? Yeah, um, they're eighteen and four. Hartford's fourteen four and two. Providence eleven and eight and one, Springfield eleven eight and two, uh, eleven eight one and two is Providence. I forget about the shootout loss point there, but and then Wilkes-Barre right behind it at ten eight and three. So we talked about teams that are evenly matched. You know, I I got that same vibe from Wilkes-Barre. It's just like these two teams seemed right on par with each other. Um, you know, but the Thunderbirds are you know they're right there at twenty four points. Providence has 25, Wilkes-Barre is 23, Lehigh Valley is 22. And, you know, and yeah. Charlotte, who I, I have higher uh, expectations for, and they've only played 19 games, they have 20. So, you know, this, the, the middle, the the three to seven is, is anybody's, really anybody's game at this point in the yeah. season. And that's, um you know, that's, that's interesting to, to kind of look at and, and know that you have so many division games on the way. Um, you know, things could get really interesting here over the next couple months. You're absolutely right, Stephen. I think the important thing is to, to, and I'm, I'm sort of preemptively saying this for myself too, to stay even keel. This is a talented team. And when you have so many in division games coming up and the teams are so well balanced, equally matched, um, you know, the way I look at it is here we are in fourth place and we haven't really gotten on a major, you know, two week heater, right? They, they had a nice three game or four game winning streak. They had like one really solid weekend. I thought they played really well last weekend. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, so, Hey, if you, I think last year they got eight wins in a row, uh, tying or setting a franchise record, I believe. Um, I don't think that's necessary, but if you can go on a nice, you know, eight wins out of 10 games kind of stretch, there you go. And if they're, especially if all those games are coming against your divisional opponents, that's, I I don't think this team will ever be out of it is is Mm -hmm. my long winded way of saying that. I think it's a long season, regardless of the ups and downs. I think this team will be there in the end and, if they're finishing strong, just like, I mean, look at Hartford last year was, they were in the basement of the division all season long until maybe the last month and a half of the season, they go on a heater and and they've carried that momentum into this year. So it's, it'll, it won't be how this team starts. It'll, it'll be how this team finishes and they have the talent to do it and they'll have the divisional games to, to be there in the end. Yeah. And, you know, and I, by the way, I, I hate math. I, I'm terrible at it. <laughs> but one of the things that I, I like to look at when it comes to the standing is the goals for versus the goals against. <clears throat> and, yeah. I mean, Hershey, Hershey and Hartford are ridiculous. Uh, Hershey's 74 goals for 49 goals against. That's just a ridiculous number. Yeah. You know, Providence is one game ahead of you. Uh, 68 goals for 65 against. So that's only, they're plus three, right? Um, Wilkes-Barre, who's right behind you, goals for 59, goals against 64. So they're actually mm. minus five. Um, Springfield, 65 goals for 58 goals against. So they're actually plus, what is that, plus seven. So, 
you know, to be where they are and to be plus seven in the uh, goals for goals against means a couple things. Number one, you're not getting blown out. Yeah. Um, and again, it, it you talk about plus seven. They won seven seven nothing against Utica, so maybe that's where yeah. the plus seven comes from. But um, it, it means to me that they're in every game, and yeah. you know the the. Eight losses could very easily be five. I mean, eleven wins could easily be be nine. So yep. um, they are in every game, and I think that as a fan, especially at this point in the season with the roster turnover that they've had, I think that that is a, an okay spot to be in. Like, I, I don't think that this is anything to be concerned about. Again, um, Hershey's won nine in a row. Hartford's won six in a row. Providence has won five in a row. So yeah. you know what you're talking about. Um, going on a nice little heater here. I think that that's something that we haven't seen from Springfield. And, and thankfully, either way, they haven't lost six in a row. They haven't won six in a row. Yeah. So um, to hopefully get that going and, and you know, maybe it's tough only having one game next week, but maybe, you know, I know there's a lot of hockey to be played here in December and maybe towards Christmas, if they can get themselves on a nice little run, uh, we can see what the standings look like at that point. But um, for right now, I, I do. I think they're in a, a pretty decent spot in the standings. Yeah, I mean, and and I'm, we'll, I think we'll say this now, and, and a lot can change January, February. But again, just on the talent that this roster has, and the goaltending that they have, I don't think this is. You're not going to circle the the Springfield Thunderbirds and say, yeah, this will this will be a good playoff matchup. You know, they have leadership, they have young talent, they have the goaltending, they've had great defense. And, and, you know, that's the the makeup of a strong team come playoff time. So I think if they put themselves in a, in a good spot for the playoffs, um, I believe the top six teams in the Atlantic division um, will make mm-hmm. it. And, and again, here we are early December, you know, a lot can happen. Definitely. From now until then, a lot can happen. But um, I'm pleased. I'm happy where they are. Before we get into the statistical aspect of the weekend games, I don't know about you, but I was a little surprised we didn't see Sam Bitten at all. I thought, yeah, he had sort of earned his place in the lineup, and and uh, the guys that were coming in and the guys that were going out of the lineup between the two games, I was just shocked he didn't get get in either of them. I don't know how you felt about about that. I yeah, I mean, I I like his physical presence. Uh, Saturday they brought Hunter Skinner back into the lineup for um uh joey duzak hunter skinner is another physical defender you know he got into a little bit of scrap on saturday but again you know i think sam is a little bit more of that electric type player um the second game of a home and home i'm like yeah sure why not throw him in there and and even seeing how saturday's game played out uh, yeah that would have been nice to see him mix it up a little bit um Saturday. I, that was surprising. Well, even Friday, I just, I felt like there wasn't, yeah. I felt like they could have used uh, a, a, a five hour energy yeah. and Sam Bitten is that five hour energy, you know, and, and Hunter Skinner, and this is a guy that I really like and I want to see more of, and I want him to succeed because he has that physical element to his game. He had at least two or three penalties on Saturday. Yeah. So can you be physical without the penalties? And the, the, the big hit that he laid on Saturday, I didn't think really was a penalty. Now I didn't get a good look at it to see if there was contact to the head. I mean, if he uh, if he got him right in the right in the noggin, then obviously that's a penalty. Um, I, it I didn't was, look like interference to me. It would look like a 
like a really nice check unless there's physical contact, but I haven't heard of a suspension. So if he had hit him yeah. in the head, that would have been suspension suspendable, but I haven't seen anything come up for that. So, yeah, I, you know, I, I think this is one of those back in my day calls, you know, yeah. uh, I don't, I, it, it looked, I rewinded it. Uh, they, they showed a replay of it on AHL TV. I rewinded it myself, rewound it, sorry, <laughs> rewound it myself, uh, watching it on demand. And it, it, it was close. I mean, it, it, I don't think it was a direct blow to the head. It, it's just one of those calls in hockey in 2023, that's going to get a call. And, you know, it, it was interesting, uh, you know, former teammates on the Wolfpack Skinner and, and the other guy from the Penguins, yeah, the name is escaping name. me, but, um, yeah, me you know, too. they're former Penguins and, and you even looked at or teammates with the Wolfpack. And, um, you know, even after the fight, they kind of looked at each other and just kind of gave themselves a nod like, yeah, you know, it's hockey. Um, but yeah, it's funny. I'm looking at their roster. I still can't remember the guy's name. Um, but I mean, you know, they, they you know, uh, they, Wilkes-Barre has Austin Ruschoff, a, another six foot eight winger. And I thought that he was out there pushing people around and it would have been nice to have somebody that can push him around. Now I say that about Hunter Skinner, how he gets penalties. I don't know if Sam Bitten gets penalties and I don't know that because I've only seen him play one game. Yeah. So like, it's like, I'd love to see uh, a two to three game stretch to see, does he have any offensive touch, which he might, does he, Yeah. is he undisciplined? Is he disciplined? I like I don't know any of these things. Um, yeah. and I think that unknown is what frustrates a lot of Thunderbirds fans is like, let's see what we got at what we get out of this player. Like like Drew Callen, I know what I'm getting out of Drew Callen. Yep, yep, fair. Good or bad, I know what I'm getting because he's in the lineup all the time. And and uh, you know, I I don't know. I'm, I, I I'd like to see Sam Bitten in the lineup. I guess is what I'm. I saying. would too. I because he's he's exciting. He he brings a little bit more. And in you know, I would love to. I have full confidence in the coaching staff. I you know I, I don't believe that they're like oh yeah if this guy played we'd we'd win every game. Like you know no, they're doing it for a reason. I would love to know what that reason is. What are they looking for? What mm -hmm. is he needing to improve on? You know is it. it in just talking with him and watching him play the Bitsy's army game, it doesn't seem like it's attitude at all. Um, he's got a good head on his shoulder. So I don't know what he needs to do um, more to get in the lineup. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but well, Oh, sorry. I, I was just going to say, going back to what the, the, the Skinner hit. And I just want to let people know uh, the plan is that next week, we're actually going to have an AHL official on as a guest, uh, a, a name that you folks will know if you like to yell and scream at the refs. But like, I'm one of the things I'd like to ask him is that they keep every year. They add more rules. Like they've never, they've never taken rules away. Right. From a ref's perspective. So, Every year, it's like you have to adjust to this new rule, and now you're calling things this way that you didn't call them before, and now this is reviewable. And now, like, at what point is a ref? Is it do you, something happened on the ice, and you're like, wait a minute, what? Like, what am I supposed to do now? Like, what? What's the rule this year? Like, yeah, it, it's got to be so uh, difficult to like again memorize that every year they give us a rule book, and it starts off, it starts off this thick, and then by two years after that, it's like. It's like the size of the Iliad and the Odyssey. It's like, 
for, for like no good reason. So like, I, I am curious to get that perspective from a referee. And when you look at hits like that or plays that are just borderline and it's like, okay, well, what are you supposed to do now as an official? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even on in Friday night's game, there was a, a questionable shot on Subban and I think they just blew the play dead to review it. It was very odd. It wasn't like, let's wait till the next stoppage of play. It wasn't like one team called a timeout or there was a offsides or anything like that. I, I, at least, you know, I'm, I'm busy down there. Maybe I missed something, but it seemed like they just kind of stopped play to review it. I, I think, it, and I, that's the one that kind of like traveled across the crossbar and, and hit all three posts. Yeah. Is it, that the it, one? Yeah. Yeah. I remember that. I, I think what they did was they kind of let, the play in the Penguins offensive zone kind of finish out. And then once Springfield had possession and was heading through the neutral zone, not on a a break or anything like that, um, they kind of blew it dead there. But yeah, that was interesting. Um, And that was the right call to make. Um, But yeah, I'm I'm excited for our interview with the AHL referee because I have I have a few things I'd like to ask. <laughs> well, I don't know if Casey. I don't know if Casey knows what he's getting himself into. He's really excited for the to come on, but I don't know if he's getting knows what he's getting himself into. But you know, uh, even it, even in Boston, like I uh, and I, I believe this has happened from my time there. They they have an off ice guy that looks for these kind of things, and mm-hmm. if there's a questionable goal, did it cross or not? But it's but it's obvious on replay they'll just fire off the horn and stop play. And they'll uh, say, the horn goes, go back, hop on the headset. The guy upstairs says that was a goal at 8.53 of the period. And that's it. And then they count the goal and they they start over again. And, yeah. and maybe just in general, um, it'd be good in, well, quite frankly, every league. If you watch the officiating in the NFL, my goodness. Maybe it's good to have a, 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 a you know an eye in the sky, somebody up in a press box that's watching – the same TVs that we're all watching to say that wasn't pass interference. That was a goal. That wasn't a trip. You know, there was a play. I don't know if you saw it in the Detroit Red Wings game. Uh, one player grabbed, he had the puck and he grabbed the other guy's oh, yes. stick and whacked himself in the face. And they reviewed it. Yes. It was like, that's not a high sticking because you did it to yourself. But like, those are the kind of plays that, you know, should be, there, there should be another eye up in the sky to keep an eye on. Yeah, that was the Red Wings and Rangers game, I believe. Yeah, I was watching that. Yeah, I, I'll say this, and and half joking, if if they were to do something like that, Stephen, I'm not opposed to that. They'd have to. They couldn't be using the AHL TV feed because no, they'd have to improve that somehow. And and maybe hey, maybe that will actually improve as the consumer of AHL TV our viewing experience as well. So I, if that would be the case, I'd, I'd be totally for that, you know, better reviews and, and better quality. Um, and I will say we have, you know, I'm down where I am. We have the iPad, the review iPad. Um, and it's fun. Whenever stuff like that happens, it's on like a 10 second delay. So whenever questionable things happen, I'm like, this. well, what's the iPad say? I got to wait for it to catch up. <laughs> Um, but we they do have two they, they have cameras right over the goals that are direct mm-hmm. overhead shots of the goal. And AHL TV doesn't have access to that, but the but the officials do. Yeah. And you know, that's not gonna help guys high sticking themselves in the face. But when it comes <laughs> to the you know, when the refs were looking at that goal on, on Subban or the questionable one, that's what they were mm-hmm. looking at were those overhead cameras. Yep. Um, and even the production 
production guys in my headset were like, yeah, we don't have access to those. We can't even show the replay on the Jumbotron from that angle. So, um, you know, there are ways to do it if we if they wanted to do it that way. But, um, you know, it's 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 not that simple. And again, maybe that's a part of why they don't have the, the guy up in the sky, because yeah. they don't have the technology. They don't have the cameras. It, it doesn't make sense. So I don't know. But that was a. It was a wild little tangent, but we'll talk plenty of officiating in the next episode because uh, my buddy Casey Terreri is going to join us. Uh, super nice guy, and I'm sure you Thunderbirds fans are going to have some questions. And by the way, uh, Twitter, at uh, SRG Podcast, f- Facebook, you want to comment on our YouTube videos if you can't find us anywhere else. Uh, if you have questions for uh, for Casey Terreri, AHL official, uh, we're, we're happy to include them into the conversation, but... Um, Again, I, I told him we're not just going to rag on him and say, Rap, you suck. <laughs> like, we're not going to do that for, for 20 minutes. Uh, but it'll it'll be it'll be fun. I'm actually really looking forward to it. I've, I've talked to these guys in the moment, but I never talked to them off. Yeah. You know, off the ice. So so that'll be cool. So um, I guess you might as well, Matt, head into the game. And, and you know, I want to do a quick little recap of the game on Friday for those who missed it and the disappointment that ensued. The disappointment, you know, Friday night. It's a two to three loss in overtime. Uh, this one, I mean, okay, they're the good, right? Power play goal. Um, Suzuki gets on the score sheet. Power play goal. Nathan Walker, goal and an assist. Uh, Pekka, McEachran, Coglin, all with helpers as well. Thought Subban played pretty good. Um, his, you know, normal good positioning, rebounds. Um, uh, this one stung. I mean, this was probably their best f- first period and a half as far as just dominating. I mean, just yeah. dominating. Um, out shooting the Penguins 18 to 6 in the first period. Um, I, I, I looked back quickly through other box scores and could not find just I mean, dominating play, uh, but nothing to show for it. Helberg yeah. was lights out. Um, and, and you know, I don't know. I feel like we've been saying that a lot as far as these opposing goalies. I mean, 18 shots is 18 shots, but are they high quality shots? That That's, I, I you know, I, I can't go back and rewatch every shot and, and critique it like that. But, um, you know, that one, I'm watching the game on demand Saturday morning, and I'm just like, oh, how, how did it's not one to nothing after that first period, you know? Um, but they continue it and and continue the dominance up to nothing, and then that Kessel penalty, and that seemed to just sort of be the switch. And and I think you and I were going back and forth in our text thread, and you know, it was almost like they really were so dominant the first two periods, two and a quarter periods, whatever it was. And then when the layer, when the air got let out, it just, it just got let out, you know, and, and they couldn't seem to find their legs after that Kessel penalty, um, two goals for the penguins. And then that overtime, you know, and, and we talked about overtime it's worked in our favor before but friday night it's the penguins in and out of the zone they got fresh legs on our i think it was pekka um 
Coglin and Gaudette are stuck on the ice, and there's a goal. A very frustrating way to get one point. Very frustrating. Again, if if it was just your typical, you know, back and forth game, shots are are on par, both teams, you know, 26 shots apiece, and you lose in overtime, it is what it is. But this was just such a good they played so well. Yeah. Um, to come away with one point, it just, it, it was like kissing your cousin, you know? <laughs> well, like, yeah. and, and by the way, Helberg, uh, another d- tall guy, six, five, yep. you know, and he's 32 and he's been around, he's played some NHL games. He's played some AHL games. And it almost felt like to me at ice level, like they poured so much effort into the first period and a half of that game. The first two periods, really. They were just all over Wilkesbury, and to really, I mean, they got two goals, but for the most part, especially that first period, they just they were on them and they were on them and they were on them, and they didn't get anything out of it. It could have been three nothing, four nothing coming out of that period, and they didn't get anything out of it. And then you know you fast forward to the third period where all of a sudden the momentum swings and they just looked gassed. They looked mm-hmm. frustrated and gassed and tired and. Yeah, once once Nylander got or once uh, Pitlick got that power play goal, I, I mean, th- th- it was like like you said, like a switch flip. Like, I don't know if the Thunderbirds. I gotta be honest. I and I I don't even know if we can track these things. I don't know if Springfield got a shot on goal in the last call it ten minutes of that period because Wilkesbury just and with all the gas that got sucked out of Springfield yeah. went right into Wilkesbury. And um, by the way, they gotta change the name. I'm so tired of saying Wilkesbury Scranton. Pick a city. Would you please <laughs> pick one, Wilkesbury or Scranton? I'm tired of saying the whole thing as an announcer, but anyway, um, I, I don't, I don't even know if they had a, they had a shot on goal. And you said they got they outshot them 18 to six in the first period. They were outshot 10 to eight in the third. So yeah. you know the whole momentum really shifted in overtime. It was, I don't know. I just got this feeling being down at ice level. Like I'm like, well, this isn't going to end well. Yeah, you know, it was yeah. like uh, this. You just you had that feeling and, and um, you know, to, to have that two goal lead going into the third and then to lose it, um, you know, and they, and they got some guys, I mean, you know, Will Butcher is an NHL defenseman. This, these were the first mm-hmm. two AHL games he's ever played. Um, mm-hmm. Ty Smith is an absolute monster pro, uh, uh, prospect, you know, and they got guys on that roster that are not messing around. Libor Hayek we've seen for years in, um, in Hartford, Xavier Owet has been there for a long time. Sam Hood, John Gruden, uh, Philippe has been with uh, with Providence forever. You know these guys—they got guys that can play. And and like I said, that switch flipped, and and it was bad news bears for the for the Thunderbirds there. So, um, you know, I think momentum. I think that came more than any that I've seen this season. Momentum just being totally mm-hmm. flipped. Yep. That's that was the best. That was the biggest vibe that I got from that game. So, um, and and I just I get so emotional when they when they win. I come home and I'm like, yeah, like woo. Yeah. And then when they lose and I get home, I just like sit in my chair. I'm like, well, that's stunk. Like, it, it was that, a, it was a was tough vibe. It and, and it that was a tough one. I mean, I I I wasn't able to watch it Friday night. Like I said, we watched it on demand Saturday morning. Um, but Friday night, I'm getting the the notifications, and that one stung. You know, you're get oh yeah, two nothing. You're I'm going about my Friday night in a in a good mood, and then uh, you know, my, yeah, <clears throat> my kids they didn't want to know 
um, it's because we were out doing something and, and they didn't want to know what the score was. We wanted to watch it, watch it fresh Saturday morning. And uh, usually I, I tried it would mute the notifications, but I, I was excited for this weekend. So I, I kept them on and it was just like, ah, oh, damn, you know, yeah. <laughs> it just, it was, it, 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 it was, but I think, you know, in now moving forward to Saturday night, now, like in my head, I'm like, all right, let's see what this team is made of. Yeah. You know, you had your chance at home and you blew it. And now what? What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. So, um, and, go ahead. um, uh, well, and uh, I, I do want to get into that, that game. I also just want to mention uh, and get it, uh, make sure we get our money right here because uh, the SRG podcast proudly sponsored by white lion brewing in their new location in Amherst on North pleasant street. Of course, they're right in downtown Springfield at tower square, 1500 main street, the place to go prior to Springfield Thunderbirds games, uh, fantastic food, great environment, an awesome place to go uh, prior to the game. Don't forget. Uh, Cause parking is absolutely brutal in downtown Springfield. So park in that tower square garage, go down to white lion They're validate your parking. You can get some of those massive, those massive chicken tenders. Those things are huge. Yeah. Um, they got Boomer nachos, Seuss mac and cheese. It feels local. It feels like Springfield in that place. And Ray Berry's got a fantastic crew of people working there as well. Um, and uh, not only do they have tons of beer on tap, but also you can check them out in your local liquor store. Cooler White, White Lion Brewing now in Amherst in downtown Springfield, a proud local sponsor of the SRG podcast. And make sure that you tell them that the boys at SRG sent you um yeah I, I i not only was the the comeback coming back from um friday night's game big on saturday but even in the game it was mm-hmm. you know you you get up two to one in the third period you finally break that that tie drew callen scores um with 431 left and then right after that um, Vili Pustinen score, Valtteri Pustinen scores like a minute, a little more than a minute later to tie it up again. You're like, okay, well now it's two to two. And then later on in the period, it's Pekka scores to make it three to two. And then two minutes later, Abba Donato scores. So now it's three, three again. So you're like, all right, like, you know, you, you get a lead, you lose it. You get a lead, you lose it. And then to still be able to have the, you know, the, the gumption, to hang mm-hmm. on and battle in that overtime, which, by the way, was a long overtime. I think in mm-hmm. the first game, the overtime goals came in the first, whatever, minute and a half. Um, Kessel scored that goal with, what, like 20 seconds left? So, I mean, they had to battle he that scored, whole four and a half minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I think there were you know. 24 seconds left to be exact. So, yeah, the entire, that whole overtime period. This, you know, I, I think, right, this weekend shows a little bit of the good, the bad, a little bit of everything in between. Um, two more power play goals, which again yep. is a good thing. Um, there were a lot of penalties this weekend. So to see, you know, getting three power play goals this weekend, I think is a good thing. Um, I think Bull Duke had a nice weekend. Goaltending is strong. Three really is their, this team's magic number this year, I've noticed. Again, I'm not a big math guy either, um, but I think when they score three goals or more, they're like nine and one or something, or maybe now 10 and one. Um, and 
scoring less than three puts puts them in a, in a bit of a hole. I, I, I don't know what it is. I, if it's focus, if it's, I, I don't know what it is, but being up two to nothing in the third, having two leads in the third on Saturday disappear. The way the momentum was taken from the Thunderbirds on Friday night, I would like to see this team capitalize on that momentum shift. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, to this team's credit, this roster's credit, they don't, it, it's weird, right? I, I don't feel like they haven't had a game yet where they've completely, completely just lost it and fell apart. But I mean, they're able to, to get the win on Saturday, but I don't know, maybe I'm being a little too tough on them, a little too critical, but I don't know, two goals in the third period, two leads in the third period Saturday, a two goal lead on Friday. You know, I don't know. I want to see those games finished. Mm-hmm. And now I get, I think now is the time to, to really work on that. Now is the time to really get those things ironed out. Yeah. And um, it, it's funny, the penalty minutes, you mentioned the penalties. The number is is kind of staggering because Hunter Skinner, and according to the, the box score, he got the match penalty for check to the head. Then he mm-hmm. got another five for fighting. Rushoff got the five for fighting, two for instigating, and then a 10-minute misconduct. Mm-hmm. And then after the um, Pekka power play goal, uh, Fadoon for Wilkes-Barre got uh, miscon- a 10 minute misconduct for abuse of the officials. So the penalty minutes were 43 to 28, which is a yeah. high number, but not necessarily uh, a, a reflection on, on the game itself. I mean, uh, Wilkes-Barre couldn't stay out of the box that game, but to me, and, and I, I, I'm glad this player is finally starting to come, come around, you know, Zach Dean at the end of the first period, taking a high sticking penalty with like 30 seconds left. Yeah. And then, you know, it takes some uh, – I'm just trying to check the box score, but it wasn't long until that power play goal came um, in the third period. So it's like, you know, we that's one thing that you got to – especially the last minute, the last couple minutes, the last two, three minutes of a period, man. You you can't give up goals. You can't take penalties. You got to – that's when you got to be more disciplined than ever, you know. Yeah. and that was uh, certainly something that was noticeable. So um, actually, yeah, the, the goal was scored a minute 14 into the second period after that yeah. penalty. So it's like, you know, that was a power play goal by Huda. So it's, you know, you gotta, you gotta be extra, extra careful. And that's when you're the most tired too. Right. So that's when you really need to step up to that, that next level of internal focus, I guess. Yeah. Um, but again, I mean, all, all that being said, you come away, yeah. Of the weekend, three points sitting in fourth place in the division. So I think this team is where it should be. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not surprised with them sitting in fourth. I'm not surprised sort of the way the standings are. Um, I guess maybe a, a little surprised. I think you are too with Hartford being where they are. But, you know, as far as from a Springfield Thunderbirds perspective, I think they're in, they're in good shape heading into December. And, and now let's... See if they can go on a nice little six-game 
winning streak, yeah. a nice, a strong 10 game stretch. Now doesn't have to go undefeated in 10, you know, 10 wins, but a strong 10 game stretch. Um, you know, this team can gather some points quick. You know what, too? It's interesting. I just, I'm looking at it, you know, all those penalty minutes to Hunter Skinner, um, you know, Hershey, two, 202 penalty minutes, which is a nice number. Hartford, 294. Mm. Providence, 283. Wilkes-Barre, 286. Lehigh Valley's over 400 penalty minutes. Springfield has 272. So mm-hmm. that's less than Hartford, less than Providence, less than Wilkes-Barre. So, you know, that if that trend continues and the power play starts working and the, and the penalty kill, you know, keeps what I think. I think they're they're pretty good on the PK. And we talked a little mm-hmm. bit about it. I think week. they're very good on the PK. Yeah. I mean, I think as long as they keep that consistent, you know, and, and somebody's going to figure out you, you keep getting 400 penalty minutes or almost 300 in your, in Hartford, eventually somebody's going to start scoring power play goals on you. So, you know, you're, you're, you're one point out of third place, but you're two points out of sixth. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, I think that's, we talked this division, man, this division is, is brutal and it, it is what it is, but um it's an interesting spot and it's an interesting time. I mean, December's here and, yeah. um, you know, to be sort of where they are is, is uh, I, I don't think unexpected. Like you said, I, I this division's just insanely ridiculous. And, um, you know, I think if you look at other divisions, uh, I don't think any of them are really as, as tight. I mean, they'd be in second place if they were in the central, you know? Yeah. Um, I, I do that often, you know, and, and you look at, if you look at, you look at the North and you've got the Laval rocket, they're having a tough year. Um, oh you know, boy, are they wins. ever yikes. Yeah. You've got the wolves and, and we've sort of talked about their situation a little bit with Carolina, oh but no surprise to see them five wins. You've got the Griffins, uh, in the central also with seven wins. Um, the Pacific you've got, <clears throat> excuse me, the gulls. Uh, with four wins, the Barracuda with five wins. And so, you know, I, I, I don't, I don't know anything about those teams. I'm not trying to throw them under the bus. It is what it is. So clearly there's just sort of those, these other divisions seem to be top heavy. Yeah. Where when sure. you look at the Atlantic, you've got the Islanders, they've got six wins and then you've got the checkers with 10. They're not top heavy. This is this, Granted, you've got the Bears and the Wolfpack who are kind of at the moment right now have a comfortable lead. But you said at the top from three to seven, all these teams are strong, strong rosters, um, good players, well coached. And I mean, I mean, Charlotte's in seventh place and they're over 500. Yeah. I mean, they're 10 and nine. Like that's like. That's impressive. I mean, like I said, they play the least amount of games in the division, but they're they're in second to last place and they're above 500. Like that's mm-hmm. crazy to me. Yeah. You know. So, but they're going to have a tough stretch. That's part of the problem with playing in Charlotte is that you you end up playing a lot of 3 and 3s. I'm sure they haven't played as many as Springfield has now. I haven't I don't have the schedule in front of me, but when you are the destination of the division, teams mm-hmm. are going to go down there and play 3 games or you're going to come up and you're going to have to do the, the 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 mass pike gauntlet the i91 yeah. gauntlet like you're gonna have to do it you know so uh we'll see what i'm actually curious and i'll look it up after the show what their stretch looks like through december and into january because i'll bet at some point they're gonna have to catch up in terms of games played with the rest of the division so yeah and and i mean we haven't here in springfield haven't seen the checkers yet so 
Um, that's always a, a tough, you know, you know, they're going to, it's going to be a good game. Um, they, they play Springfield pretty tough. Yeah. Um, so, um, so one more thing about these games and I feel like we always end up waiting to the end to talk about them, but I never want to forget them. Another very strong weekend of goaltending. And, and yeah. Subban was great. Zarenko was great. They continue to do this thing where they're alternating games. And I just think it's such a recipe for success uh, at this level and with both of these guys. And I think that the, I, I don't see any issues. I think they're both very cool with being a dead even split. And, yeah. you know, they each kind of have their warts for sure. But I think that they're both playing absolutely as good as you could possibly ask for two guys and in goal in their spot. I think they've been excellent. I agree. I, I think probably we don't give them enough credit that they deserve. If you think about it, how hard it must be. I mean, because this is, it is working playing every other game. You let's say you're playing that game Friday, you're off Saturday, you're ready Sunday, you know, other than those two little yips, Zarenko's had this year um they've been great and and yeah. so you can tell they're comfortable with it um I'm sure the communication from the coaching staff this has been the plan all year long um I don't know if it'll change but if it's not broke you know don't fix it and and, and if one was playing that much better than the other I'd say yeah maybe but no I, they're playing great they are playing great. I think as, as a, a goaltending unit, it's probably been the most consistent, most solid all year long from yeah. any part of this roster. Yeah, I agree. For sure. And, and I, I think that Matt Kessel has had, uh, I think he's playing his best hockey the last four or five games. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and I, and I know there's a lot of fans that criticize him. I think that he's been very, very good mm-hmm. uh, the last couple games. I think the D has been very solid. Um you know, when, when you look at those shot totals over the weekend, it wasn't astronomical. It wasn't th- those early season second period where you're giving up 15, 16 shots in the period. It's not happening yeah. anymore. And I think that that's because the D is doing their job. You know, Yeah, D's been D's been great. It's been solid. Leo Loof, another <laughs> solid oh, weekend. I love Leo. As always, he just, oh, I man. I love this player. He, he is. He's everywhere he needs to be. And, and his timing his his physicality is again he doesn't overdo it he he does what he needs to do he's he's a fantastic player to watch um i think they call that visa it's everywhere you want to be yeah there you go some of those visa commercials yes yeah um so uh i obviously looking back at those games we do have a game that we we have coming up next weekend and it is only one game but at least it's a home game uh, very important one, one that I actually get super excited for every year. I'll be making my trip to the dollar store to stock up. I usually buy like 10 or 11 of them. And then I just, while, I, while I'm supposed to be doing something else, I'm just behind the glass, chucking them over the glass as fast yeah. as I can. Um, the teddy bear pop, teddy bear toss night games. And for the first time, specialty jerseys, which yeah. I, I know we, we looked at them today when they were released on it's Monday. So the day they came out, those things are sharp, man. Those things look sweet. I like it. Yeah. So Saturday the ninth is is the one game this week. Um, Bridgeport comes to the Thunderdome and it's their teddy bear toss game. Um, sporting new specialty jerseys. These games won't be auctioned off. I did see this, not post game, 
but they will do an online auction uh, for these uh, specialty jerseys. But they are the, I don't know, would you call it the Santa Boomer? Oh, um, yeah, Santa Boomer. You know, yeah, the Santa their, Boomer. If you've seen their their, their uh, logo on, on social media, their, the Thunderbirds updated their logo. It's that. It's it's the Boomer logo with the Santa hat on. But they're like this great combination of red and blue. And I mm-hmm. love the patch on the shoulder It because it, it's sponsored by Teddy Bear Pools and Spas. Obviously, who else would do it? And it kind of has that Teddy Bear Pools and Spas logo, but it's made to look like, I don't know, it's it's made to look like a teddy bear. I will, I'll, I'll pop a, an image of, of you know, yeah. for our YouTube viewers, but um, they're just slick. They're sharp. The design team is great. I think that was Luke Armstrong again. Um, that kid is just so talented uh, when it comes to design and graphics, but uh, just sweet. They're sweet as hell. Yeah. So, and, and if you are able to go to that game, bring a teddy bear, like Steve said, he'll have a few. Bring 10. Um, and, yeah. And after the first Thunderbird goal, you get to throw them on the ice. So what's, what's better than that? And then they'll get donated. Um, and children in need this holiday season will get a nice, call it a Springfield Thunderbird teddy bear. And yeah. that, you know, what more can you ask for? And there's so many places in Springfield. I know Shriners Hospitals for Children is, is one that always gets mm-hmm. a bunch of those and, you know, it's it's for the kids, man. It's just, you know, how it is being parents. Everything is yeah. for the kids, and to be able to support something like that is just so uh, important. And you know, I know the Absolutely. teddy bear toss; everybody does it, and it's a cute, kitschy thing to do. But the end result is children smiling. And let's be honest: there's nothing other than a puppy. There's nothing else uh, better than a little kid smiling. So yeah. Um, well, speaking of does, puppies, oh, speaking of puppies, December twenty third is uh the thunderbirds aha uh-huh, you like that you like I that i do like that i do like that a lot december ahead, 23rd december 23rd is the thunderbirds pucks and paws night where you can bring your dog um it is a dog friendly game i'll be honest i have never attended a paws and pucks game before i don't know if you need to get a ticket for your dog but you can bring your dog and uh, your dog can enjoy the game right there with you. Um, so that is December 23rd. Steve, I, I'm just going to rattle off the rest of these upcoming events. Yeah, here yeah, Springfield. of course. No, I um, want to get them out there. I know at the beginning of the season, we rattled off up until December. So here are some of the December and January um, promotional games. December 30th, another Saturday game is the Boomer Nutcracker Ornament where the first 3,000 fans in attendance will receive a Boomer uh, Nutcracker ornament. Uh, You'll be able to hang that on your tree next year or do something like what I do and keep it on my desk all year long. Because who else wants to look at a Boomer Nutcracker? I'll tell you what, for the price I paid for my Christmas tree this year, I'm keeping that thing (sighs) up till March so I get my money's worth. I'm like, I told her, I'm like, sweetie, we're keeping the tree up till Easter for the price I paid. So I'm going to put it right on the tree and leave it up there till the, till the flowers are blooming. Cause Holy smokes the price. Yeah. We, we, I, where, where do you, where, do you go local to get your tree or? Yeah. I go to a place in feeding Hills, the gun Geary okay. farm. Yeah. A shout yeah. out to those guys. Cause they make it a lot of fun. You get to ride the tractor and everything else. Yeah. But, um, we look for the Geary. experience. Um, yeah. You know, hot chocolate, hay rides and things like that. But yeah, we got a tree uh, in East long meadow this year. It was it was the most expensive tree we've ever gotten. For I'll just, real. I'll say that. And I don't mean to pick on the Glenn Geary people because everyone that I talk to, they're like, that's all you paid? And I'm like, 
Dad, what do you mean that's all? That's way too much for a, a freaking plant. It's yeah. a plant, but um, uh, but yeah, it's ridiculous. So I, I'll definitely be hanging that thing up on my tree. And yes. Yeah, so there you go. You get your boomer nutcracker ornament December thirtieth on Saturday, January sixth. Is there a throwback night? Uh, well, they'll be sporting their Springfield Falcons jerseys. Um, love that. There it is. Yep. Love that game. Uh, my, one, the game my kids look forward to more than any game during the regular season is the kids takeover day. And that is January 15th. I'll, I'll take a second here to plug the kids club. They do a wonderful job. The front office staff, Keith Allen, um, they do a fantastic job with this day. Kids who are in the kids club, they get to sign up for a different job. I know Steve, you take a kid in, yep. in your booth with you. Last year, my kids were on the fan bony. They wanted to do the uh, clean the um, ice crew, but they're not good, strong enough skaters for that. And, and they understand that. But kids have all different jobs. They do. They follow social media around. They hang out with Steve. They work the concourse. Uh, like I said, my kids did the fan bony last year. I think they'll be looking to do something a little different this year. Um, and then after that game on the 15th, that's a Monday. Um, it is their, the team's post-game autograph session. Um, and so I think after the game there, you head down. I don't know exactly how they're going to work it this year, but I know last year uh, we just kind of headed downstairs in the Mass Mutual Center and and got to meet all the players and, and have those posters signed. So that's that's a wonderful fan event. And then the final – oh, real, real quick, does, does yeah. T want to announce with me? Tell your son to, to, uh, to sign up for the announcement. I'm ha- I'd love to have him down there. He might. He might want to. He might I mean, want to. He was great on the mic at White Lion. He's he's been uh, practicing. I'm not. I'm not kidding. Like when when they go downstairs to play their their mini hockey, um, you know my favorite part. Jill and I will just sit in the kitchen and we'll just listen and and they take turns being goalie. But regardless of what position Tyler's playing, he's announcing the game. I, I, oh, I Ryan Smith, look out. Maybe like you know. 10, 15 years. Um, but it but, is funny. I, I've had two kids at my, at my school and I teach at a high school. They've come up to me and they've said, one of them is my student. Um, you know, I was one of the kids that was in your booth for the, uh, for the kids club game, you know, yeah. whatever it was five years ago or whatever, which is so cool to me. You know, yeah. I don't remember them when they're eight, but I remember, I, I know them when they're 14, you know what I mean? So, um, I, I do. I love that game too. I love having a kid in there and wow. get to see the action and, it's it's great. It's wonderful. And 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 again, I'll I'll take another minute to plug this. Absolutely. Like what they do be pre-game is they take all the kids into the restaurant there up on the concourse and they all get assigned their jobs and they get a contract. And no way. I'm not even kidding That's you. That's awesome. And Nate Costa comes into the restaurant, he gives all the kids a speech, he reads the contract out loud. He signs every single contract and then the kids sign it and then they do and then they do a photo op with him in front of the Thunderbirds um, backdrop. And it again, I I have no other organization to compare it to, but what a stand up job they do with this. And, and you know, it, it makes the kids feel important. It makes the kids it it reaffirms to the kids that. They, they are part of this community and, and the Thunderbirds are what they are because of the community and, and they just do a wonderful job with that. So um, that's January 15th. 
any listeners out there, if you have young kids under the age of 12, I don't think it's too late to call and see if you can get them signed up for the kids club. They've already had one kids club game, um, but I'm sure, you know, they'll be able to, to work something out there, but just a wonderful program they do there. Um, Keith Allen and the other front office staff. The last promotional game we have in January is Saturday, the 27th, which is the hometown heroes night um, honoring police, uh, firefighters and other first responders in the Springfield area. Um, they also have their, uh, the second annual stair climb event pregame where they, uh, climb, uh, all the stairs in the mass mutual center, uh, with the, the local hometown heroes. So another great, great event, um, honoring the community and honoring, honoring those who keep us safe so we can afford to enjoy this, this hockey. Hmm. Uh, so a good lineup of events here in, in December and January. Another night that, that I love, yeah. you know, it's just gives you the, gives you the feels, gives you the goosebumps, yeah. the, all the stuff Absolutely. that we do in game is fantastic. And again, it's, it's easy to slap your name on something like hometown heroes night. Mm-hmm. But then when you actually see what is planned during the game for these kind of things is, is yep. spectacular. I, what do they do? They do the parade, the, the car lights and sirens parade yeah. on ice and, and, honoring all the the men and women who again who are heroes right you know for real for real so so all good stuff for the thunderbirds um also let me take this moment to um highlight the thunderbirds holiday pack their ticket their sort of ticket promotional thing what they're looking to do um i believe you can purchase this through the month of december or, or up to uh probably christmas um there's for $100 in their holiday pack, you get two tickets to the throwback night, which is January 6th. For any game vouchers, you get one uh, T-Bird winter hat and a $5 Dunkin' Donuts card. For $100, I don't think you can beat that. Uh, you know, Six game tickets for $100 in a T-Bird's hat. So I know I'll be purchasing mine uh, when I get my paycheck on Thursday. And then... Uh, by the way, the hats are nice stuff. too. They're none of these yeah, cheap they hats. They're 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 uh, they're legit. So yeah, um, and yeah. One last thing we wanted to throw out for our friends at White Lion Brewing, um, the kids' cookie decorating is happening this Saturday, December tenth, from eleven to one. Now, one of the things, so maybe this wasn't necessarily clear. It was clear to my wife, but not clear to me. But I'm also a dummy, and she's super smart. Um, <laughs> the twenty five dollar tickets are for the kids. So yes. 25 bucks the ki- is for the kid and they get your child and they get to decorate the cookie and they get to hit the lunch buffet and all that stuff. So if you're like, well, I want to bring me and my, and my spouse and my two kids, that's a hundred bucks. It's not, you only pay for the kids, the grownups. We just get to like hang out and like sit at the bar and drink beer and eat food and do whatever mm-hmm. we want to do. So we don't have to pay the 25 bucks. Now you probably end up spending 25 bucks in food and drink, but you don't have to actually pay the $25 uh, for a, t- a ticket necessarily. So no, that's just um, for the kids for right. the, for the cookie, the Grinch and, and the buffet, you know? So if you're spending 12 bucks on, on a lunch plate for them anyway, um, you know, $13 for the cookie, the Grinch and the experience. Yeah. That's hard to beat all good. Times the nice thing is the, the buffet is not, you know, uh, sirloins and shrimp scampi. It's like kid <laughs> stuff, mac and cheese, chicken tenders. It's like the only food that our kids ever eat. <laughs> the only thing my kids eat anyway. <laughs> it's like, yeah. It's like, it's perfect. So, 
Uh, I'm really looking forward to it. Matt and I are, I, I, you're going, right? That's our plan. Yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah. That's okay, our plan. I say, I'm definitely going with the kids. Um, so, you know, come say hi to us. We'll definitely be there hanging out with our families. And uh, I'm really looking forward to that. So that'll be a good time. So. All right. Any last thoughts, Steve? We talked about the game Saturday, teddy bear toss against Bridgeport from a hockey standpoint. Anything you're looking to see? Um, I, I, well, it's just when we play Bridgeport, you gotta, you know, you gotta put your foot on their throat and you gotta end it early. You know, I, I think that Bridgeport's the team now where until they, until they prove me otherwise, you have to dominate. And I'm I'm with you. Wilk, Wilkesbury is, I would say, an equal team. If not, you're a little bit better than them, but they are your equals. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, they've played teams that are lesser than them and run into hot goaltending. And there's nothing really about the Islanders' goaltending that scares me. You know, yeah. Jakob Skarik isn't exactly you know uh, Patrick Wah. So yeah. you y- you should really be able to handle this team again, especially knowing that it's the only game you're not. You know, you got nothing else going on. There, so mm-hmm. there's no excuse to go out there and, and drop five, six goals on this team and get the hell out of there. So, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I want to see we got the monkey off our back, so to speak, beating Bridgeport last two weeks ago now. Um, and now let's look to continue that dominance. Uh, you know, I, I don't want to be a broken record, but let's get Sam Bitten in the lineup and now not only assert that dominance on a scoreboard, but physically. You know, now if 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 you can keep Skinner in the lineup too, physical presence on D, put Sam Bitten in there. We'll see, we'll see. Yeah, but um, I don't want to get into it too too much. You know, we're we're sort of wrapping up here. But I the the problem is taking out Duzak. They just they have yeah. too many guys. Duzak's a really Good. nice player, and I I you know he was great to talk to, obviously. But there there's no they have seven guys that could all be in a night a lineup yeah. night in and night out. And yeah, you know I like to see Skinner in the lineup. I. I don't like to see Duzak out of the lineup, but I don't know who else you take out. Yeah. Like, which is a good problem to have. It's a good problem you know? to have, you know, and, and I, I think for those guys again, yeah, we're, we're just at the end of the show here, but there's been a nice rotation Go, again, goalies, every other, we kind of know what to expect. They, let's see if we can maybe work in a little bit more of a predictable. Maybe that's, maybe that wouldn't be effective for our opponent's sake, but you know, some sort of more forward lineup rotation with mm. that fourth line. But again, it, it's, well, who are you taking out? You right. Know? So, right. So, and again, uh, stay tuned uh, for next episode as well. Circle this. And if you want to reach out to us with questions, please do. Um, we are planning as of now, and he's super excited for it. Having uh Casey Terreri, uh and uh, AHL official, on the show so we're gonna have a ref on the show which is gonna be fantastic <laughs> i'm like super excited for this yeah um uh so if you have questions for the ref and i don't want your questions to be like yeah how come you called that tripping call on matt castle in the game and not no like we don't want that but um you know their thought process they're in you know what do they, what do they feel like when the crowd starts chanting refuse suck like, ids like, yeah you know what i mean like does that change the outcome you know i just um I'm really looking forward to that. So keep your eye out for that next week. But, uh, and of course, thank you to our friends at White Lion Brewing for sponsoring us. Uh, That's it for me. Let's go, T-Birds.